The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Fourteen twenty in the morning, 14 minutes and 20 seconds, where the sports talk to get you through your daily commute. Hot takes, recaps, best bets, and a little humor to get your day going in the right direction. Sit back, grab your coffee, and let's get into it. 1420 in the morning for this uh, November 7, 2023. Today's show, as always, brought to you by SeatGeek.com and the SeatGeek app. Use promo code 1420POD at SeatGeek.com today and save yourself 20 bucks on your first purchase over there at SeatGeek. Remember, we are part of the Belly Up Media Network. Go to BellyUpSports.com for all their great articles and other great podcasts as well. And it's Tuesday, so my guys over at Craft Root Sports are on their uh, YouTube channel tonight to so make sure you, you check those guys out or check out their podcast later on. And also, uh, yeah, thank you very much for everyone who's uh, making us a part of your day from all of us over here at 1420 World Headquarters. No show last night. Dave uh, came down with a bit of a bug. Uh, he's not feeling so well, so we didn't get anything out uh, last night. But I'm sure uh, Dave will get going, get that yap going a little bit. We'll uh, get, uh, maybe get into it tonight. Who knows how that's going to go. But we'll get uh, into 1420 in the morning here right now. Had a great chat yesterday uh, with Ryan Wettstein of the release show Seattle's Best Seattle Kraken Podcast. Had a great talk about hockey. We'll get that to that in half a second because uh, it was a great chat we had a we have a few things in common it turns out so the, the hockey world's pretty small so it's uh we had, we had a few laughs on and off the air that both did so we'll get to that in half a second anyways i want to talk before we get to uh ryan's uh talk about the crack and i want to talk about the uh games involving canadian teams last night a little bit and the narrative is right across national hockey like i was watching the jeff merrick show yesterday and it's goaltending yeah you guys who know me and who not who don't know me who just listen to the show um you know i'm a bit of a goaltender hugger because i'm an ex uh ex target from way back but right across the national hockey league you see more and more and it was no more evident evident than last night's hockey games with the between the uh Tampa Bay Lightning and Toronto Maple Leafs and then you watch the uh, the late show last night that quite the show that was with the Vancouver Canucks and uh Edmonton Oilers but we'll start with that Maple Leafs game last night uh Ilya Samsonov he's been having a rough goal but it's more so the uh the space between his ears he's had a, a really uh, tough season he's been, been really hard on himself when he talks about at a post post game and then on off days as well but uh 12 uh 12 shots, he gave up four goals last night, pulled with uh, fifth, with five minutes left in the first period, and they put Joseph Wall in, and the rest is history. Down 4-1 after the first, looked like the uh, Tampa Bay uh, Lightning were going to put up uh, about a 15 spot last night, but the Leafs said they came back, they won that hockey game. Wall made, made all the saves he uh, he had to. It was a great atmosphere last night at the, uh, I still call it the Air Canada Centre, I guess it's Scotiabank Arena now, but that was a great hockey game last night. A lot of emotion, Tampa Bay still Tampa Bay, they got a really good team there, but the Leafs uh, showed some emotion for a Monday night game usually that that building's a little bit empty but after a Matthews uh, goal, got his goal last night he got the crowd going and then Marner tied it up there two two goals early in the third period uh, eight seconds apart that's maybe one of those games for the Leafs that they uh, turn things around might be what you look look back in January February when they're rolling a little bit and I still think that they're going to they're too good of a team to not get rolling but uh, it might be one of those games you look back on they go okay this is the one this is one of those uh, shining moment games that the, things came around they pulled the goalie things, things changed they got a little bit uh, got a a little bit of life out of the fans at least won the hockey in overtime last night probably a game they shouldn't have won the way they started uh they weren't all um 
all snaps and offs fall. Obviously, last night the defense was a little bit shoddy in the first period, but they uh, they made the goaltending change when they needed to, and the rest is history. And the Toronto Maple Leafs won a hot game, got out of their little slump, and then there, there they are. And then you fast forward it to the uh, the late game last night with Vancouver Canucks, who are just absolutely flying flying right now with the uh, Edmonton Oilers, who are not flying right now. And the Oilers were playing for their coaches live. It seemed last night in, the, in that first period, unbelievable start to that game. They actually took a one nothing lead. Uh, they're out shooting the uh, the Canucks at one point. It was 19 to two, but Thatcher Demko made every every save possible. He was a he was a man a man possessed almost between the pipes last night for the Canucks, uh, and he gave their team a chance to win. And then at the other end of the ice, as always with the Oilers this season and in the last year, you have a, a team that can't get a save when they need one. There was a, it was a second goal of the game last night, uh, a high a high shot from the, the slot, and uh, it went right through Skinner. And that's one of those back breaking goals that happened once again to the Edmonton Oilers. It's one of those games you got a tale of, t- of three cities the way that uh, that kind of worked out last night and it's just been a uh, kind of the, the the way the script's been written throughout the season so far for those three hockey teams one one team it gets a lot of saves with, with uh, Demko being great with Vancouver one team gets no saves what all at all with uh, with the uh, Edmonton Oilers and then you have a, a team last night with Toronto Maple Leafs who made, made a goaltending change and uh, that, that's just it so it's it's quite funny how uh, goaltenders people always say well you don't need it you don't need it but you know when you, 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 when you don't have it you notice it and it's one of those things that was one of the it was very very evident last night in those two hockey games I didn't watch the other ones last night it was good, kind of getting busy with uh, all kinds of other stuff going on but it's uh, it was really evident to watch those games last night. And, and you, you, you look at what Edmonton, do, Edmonton doing and the frustration is kind of coming through. You had, you had the coach getting thrown out of the game. McDavid got a, he got a, he got a deuce uh, for unsportsmanlike. Then you had Drysdale getting the 10 and frustrations boiling over with that team. And you think that uh, something might boil over uh, in San Jose on Thursday night. They got to beat San Jose. If they don't beat San Jose, you, you Half that team isn't going to make make the flight back to Edmonton. Uh, they'll be firing guys left and right, and they'll be not, not letting anybody back into that city. It's uh, it's it's a bad look right now in Edmonton. It's it's quite funny. We'll get to the interview here in half a second, but how everybody was so wrong about this Oilers team. You look at the prognosticators being in the season, and so many guys were picking the Oilers to win. And I know it's not over yet, but you know what? They got to play 750 hockey from here on in to make get a chance to make the playoffs. Just to make the playoffs, like like if you if they go on a six game winning streak that just gets them to 500 so they can't lose another game if they, if they go on a six game streak that Edmonton team's in trouble and Vancouver's flying right now they got saves they got saves in the first period and Demko gave themselves a chance to hold themselves in there because Edmonton was playing for the coach's life last night and the, Demko gave, gave Vancouver some saves and then Skinner let in, let in a couple bad ones and that, that's the series that, or that, that's the game last night anyways let's get to the interview with uh, Ryan Weststein like I said yesterday from the release of show Seattle uh, uh, Kraken podcast great conversation that we had yesterday afternoon and uh, it's here now for your, your listening pleasure. Make sure you guys check out their podcast uh, later on today. It's a great, they got a great show over there. Uh, talk about Seattle Kraken hockey here. Here we go. All right. Today we're joined by Ryan Wettstein, one of the hosts of the release of the show, Seattle's best Kraken podcast, a weekly podcast for all things Seattle Kraken. How are you doing today, Ryan? I'm doing pretty good. How are you guys doing? Uh, we're doing quite good up here in Alberta, Canada. We got a little bit of snow trying to hit the ground. It's just melting. Now it's going to come back. Kind of the uh, that daylight savings time. I don't know what your thoughts are on it, but it, it kicks the crap out of me a little bit. I, it's more it's more so how dark it gets, how early it gets for me. That, and that's what it is for me. I'm I'm exhausted. I didn't think it would affect me that much. Like I feel like I should be pretty young still and not have to deal with that. But I'm I'm tired today. It it, it yeah. Yesterday threw me off a little bit. 
Yeah, I, I just I woke up early and then I just it just I never seem to catch up. Like I'm not gonna like people make their they it ruins their lives. I'm not that bad, but some people take take to the extreme and everything else. Ryan, we'll get into the cracking the start of their season. Hasn't gone so well. Uh four, four six and two so far, fresh off a, a loss to the lowly Calgary Flames on Saturday night. What's been the biggest thing for the Krakens with their mediocre start to so far this season? The, there's just there's no identity on this team right now, and that's the biggest thing that I can think of. They're playing, they're playing very um, uninspired. Is is really all I can really think of? What's going wrong for these guys? They need to find some consistency in their game. They need to they they they're like a roller coaster. They're they're on very very high highs and then very very low lows. Uh, so for them, it's just it's really finding that consistency and finding that purpose on on especially in the third period against the against the Flames and and letting a goal. And I just rewatched the last the third period right before we got on they, they gave up a goal within the first minute and they didn't look like calgary didn't look back from there so they caught them off guard they need to be able to maintain a three period game and, and actually win the first period win the second period and then i don't know crazy thought win the third period well, we were talking off air before we got recording here about you're you're an old junior hockey guy as, as I am as well. And there's kind of those unwritten rules: don't give anything up in the first minute of the period, and don't give everything the last minute of the period because it comes back Absolutely. to bite you, and you never seem to get that momentum back, and you, you always seem to be scrambling. Um, after 40 point improvement from last season compared to their first season, inaugural season in the league, and then winning a, a playoff round, upsetting the Colorado Avalanche last season in the first round in seven games, there must have been pretty high hopes at the uh, old Climate Pledge Arena going into this season. And not that the season's over by any means, but you're getting to that American Thanksgiving point of the year where yep. there must have been pretty high hopes for the Kraken this year, considering how the, the season finished from last year. Definitely in the summer, everything was trending towards this is going to be an unreal year. And Seattle sports fans are, are very funny. Uh, I mean, I'm a big Mariners fan. We went 22 years without making the playoffs. We finally squeak into the playoffs. And now all of a sudden, we're going to win the World Series. Well, we didn't make the playoffs the next year. So uh, so Seattle Seattle fans getting to learn uh, you know, learn hockey first and foremost, like they're, they're just not used to it. We have the Thunderbirds, we have the Everett Silvertips. I mean, it, we do have a really rich hockey history, um, but for your average fan, um, they're coming into it and they're like, all right, how's the team doing? Oh, they're pretty good. All right. They made the playoffs last year. So they're expecting that we're going to go on to that next level. Um, the home opener, there was no energy in the building, not from the fans, not from the players. Uh, it, it was a very weird setting. And normally you got a home opener. It's your first game. Everybody's really excited to be there. We got the pomp and circumstance and, and the introductions and the lasers and all that. And, and they dropped the puck and it was very quiet in that building. So I, I don't know. This year's just been sort of weird um, kind of leading up to it. And then obviously 10, what are we, 12 games in? Um, sort of just mediocre play right now. That was kind of going to be my next question about being an expansion team and not really having uh, the, the long, like like you, you mentioned, the, the Thunderbirds and, and the Silver Tips out there in uh, in the Seattle area, but not with the, with the rich hockey history, I guess. And people like junior hockey is a lot different. That's a niche audience, 100% for sure. Yep. Uh, but but when you get some professional ranks and then the, you have the, the, the Mariners and then the Seahawks, obviously, and it's kind of a, a tough start for a season for, for the Kraken where you, the Seahawks are obviously number one in the city. But with the Mariners that they were into a playoff hunt right to the bitter end, which they ended up not getting in. They kind of screwed up my uh, my thoughts about that team for the season. Too. <laughs> yeah, but exactly. uh, like the the Kraken, they're, they're still going to be third, and sometimes they get behind University of Washington sports as well. They're going to be third or fourth on the yep. pecking order for quite some time. And if they don't get something going early, people are going to well, you know, they're an expansion team. But that expansion team tag has to go away uh, really soon, or else it's just going to be, you know, what they're, we're, we're not very good. 
You know, five years ago when they did the ticket drive, I jumped on right away. We got an NHL team. Let's get tickets. And I was thinking first three years, it's going to be the hardest ticket to get in town and we'd be able to sell a bunch and make some money. And, and in reality, there's a lot of people selling their tickets. And and so you can go to a game fairly cheap. I mean, it's still the NHL. The tickets are still expensive, but you're not paying three, four, five hundred dollars a ticket. Um, you can get into the building for under hundred bucks. So the demand isn't quite there, but but you saw last year in the playoffs, that was the loudest building in the NHL. I mean, that place yeah. was rocking. Uh, the press box is a, is a gondola. It's, it's a bridge. It swings from the, from the top of the building and you can hear, you can feel it sway a little bit. Uh, so, I mean, in the playoffs, that building can get really loud. The fans are really passionate. Um, like I said, the, the Thunderbirds back in the nineties, you're getting 11,000 people in the old Coliseum for junior hockey. And it was the best experience. I was, Obviously, I, I was a little kid, uh, I, but I remember I remember those games and going to those games and just know it like and, and teaching people about hockey in Seattle. It's it's uh, it's a weird market, but every, everybody's kind of getting a hold of it. And uh, they're like I said, they are going crazy for the Kraken. Well, when they're winning. I had a buddy played there, Blair Manning, back in the day. He played for Seattle. And then uh, Brendan Witt, and who else is one guy, another guy. We'll get into those guys a little bit later so, with those those Seattle teams. They, they go, you, you think about those, uh, the old Western League back then. I remember those teams back holy. Like the Western League was uh, a bit more. Uh, yep. uh, it was violent to say the least back in the day. So, There's no getting around that. So really quick, I was a we were a billet for the T-Birds growing up. And uh, Brendan Witt was one of my players. He's like my big brother. Really? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's so, completely so, coincidental that I even brought that name up. That's <laughs> crazy, right on. No, yeah, cool. so so Brennan Witt and then from the same town, Regan Mueller, they both lived at our house a year apart from each other. Um, yeah, so it's uh, we've, we've had some pretty good players that's gone through our house and ended up playing in the NHL or in the uh, in the East Coast American League. Um, but yeah, Brendan's one of those guys. I, I should give him a call. It's been a while, but he's, uh, yeah, I, I grew up uh, watching Brendan and playing mini hockey and the whole thing. That's that's fantastic. One guy that's been a bit of a, a well, the whole team hasn't been great. You don't want to focus on the negative. We'll get the positive sides of things a, a little bit right now. But yeah. the one guy, last year's Calder Trophy winner, uh, Matty Beneers, he hasn't done much of anything this year. No goals, four assists so far. He, I would assume he's going to get it going. Is it just another one of those guys that just, the identity's not there, the team's just not clicking yet? What's the what's, the, what's been the, the issue with last year's Calder Trophy winner, uh, Matty Beneers, so far? So, so Beneers, he's, I mean, yeah, it's his second and a half year in the league. So, you know, I don't know if it's a sophomore slump that he's got going, going on. Uh, but I mean, the way the team practices and prepares, I mean, it's businesslike. He, he knows what he has to do. He's, it's just not clicking for him. Uh, I have a feeling though, when he gets the first one, he's going to get two more right away. I mean, we're, we're in Phoenix tomorrow. Uh, I'm going over there actually, right after we record, I'm, I'm hopping on plane. We're going to Phoenix. Uh, that might be that might be his breakout game, but it might also take him a few more to get going. I mean, we have a big game against Colorado in Colorado right after the Phoenix game. Um, big stage. I mean, you're gonna you know want to play up for that. Uh, but your guess is as good as mine with with Matty Beniers. I mean, he has it there. His last game, he had a couple chances where he was just rolling off the tip of the stick. That he didn't really get really good wood on it. And, and I, I, yeah, again, I don't know what that reason is, but it's just. Once he clicks, I have a feeling he's gonna he's gonna start tearing it up. 
There, there's a couple of guys that uh, they picked up in the expansion draft. Jaden Schwartz, and uh, and he's been been great for them. And and Bert, uh, Vince Dunn, uh, Stanley Cup champion, Stanley Cup pedigree. Those that 2019 uh, yep. Gloria led uh, St. Louis Blues team that they're they're on that team. Having those guys around the locker room must be good for a guy like Veneers because you don't get many guys who win championships and winning the Stanley Cup. I think still probably the one of the toughest things to do in professional sports, winning four rounds on it goes. What's the uh, the guys like? Um, especially Schwartz, what's he been like around that locker room? How much of a uh, benefit has he been for a young cracking team? Schwartz is one of our assistant captains. We don't have a a true captain. We have four alternates. Um, He's one of those guys. And that that also might be part of the reason why this team isn't, you know, we don't have that identity. We don't have that one person in the locker room standing up and saying, we got to go and get this going or or whatever that is. But uh, um, uh, let's see. Beneers, I believe, was roommates with with Everly um, first year. So, like, he is – he's he's latching on these guys. And, again, learning how to be a pro. Um, but we do have a lot of good leaders. I mean, we just picked up uh, Bellamore. He's – you know, he's been in the league for a while, and, and he's one of those guys. I think he tried to mix it up in the last game and try to get, get a spark or something going. So we do have these guys doing the right things. It's just not clicking for him. Um, but Beneers is going to be – I think he realizes, I mean, he's got a lot of pressure on him because he is our face of the franchise. I mean, he is the one that's on the posters and on the billboards now. Um, that might be getting him to a little bit. Um, but again, he, he's going to watch as these other guys have obviously we've picked up. A, um, we didn't really have the best draft in my mind as far as like key players, goal scorers. We had a lot of guys that brought um you know, on the, on the um, team for a reason. So everybody had a reason for being here. Right. So it's, it's energy guys. It's, it's captain like guys. It's people that um, you want to build that franchise around and then bringing in obviously veneers. We got Ty Cartier coming in um, and, and all these young guys. Now they will be this face. And so obviously learning from, from a guy like Schwartz. Yeah, absolutely. You, you, you brought up a bunch of guys that got uh, that got taken in draft, but one guy that was noticeably absent with your in your analysis there is uh, Shane Wright, uh, the better known as the guy, the stink guy in his draft year a couple of years back when he did he didn't go first overall to Montreal like he was uh, led to believe or whatever. Yeah. The story is uh, the stink guy heard around the around the NHL, and I uh, from that moment on I didn't much care for the kid. Uh, where is he in the? Uh, <laughs> I, just one of those things. Like, yeah. Uh, no. Yeah, it just—it was a bad look for a kid that uh, you should be thankful to get a spot in Osh Hockey. That's not a—it's not a guarantee, and that that look kind of got a bad taste in my mouth right off the bat. Where is this right kid on the uh, on the pecking order? Are we ever going to hear from him? He didn't pretty much—he got eight games last year and didn't get a sniff so far this year. Yeah, I mean Shane Wright. I mean he's he's actually doing pretty good right now. In uh, I just checked the stats. Uh, pretty good in in Coachella Valley. Uh, seven games. He's had four goals. So, I mean, he's, he's getting his looks down there, but he's one of those guys that he's going to need some time to develop. Uh, I kind of like the, the stink guy a little bit just because again, Seattle fans are so, I don't know, everything here has to be so PC. It seems like, uh, and even when we're doing bad, no, we're not going to boo at the players. We're going to, we're going to give them a little clap and say, get him next time. And so I, I kind of like the little fire every once in a while, but, uh, yes, it, bad luck probably. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't do it, um, especially to the Canadians, but. But, you know, that's, that's no, if that's like first day, like, and it's yeah, like, oh, yeah, it's like, it's not like absolutely. a contract signed right yeah. there. They say, Yeah, we might draft it, you know, and yeah. that, that's what the, that, that draft hasn't gone that well for the Canes either. Uh, but it's one of those things. Uh, you mentioned Everly earlier on, and he's a Canadian folk hero for what happened. I think it was 2010 for the World Junior Team tournaments, and a couple of years in a row, where he was scoring big goal after big goal. And he, but he's in the uh, I don't want to say the uh, the back nine of his career, but he's on the, you know, he's getting, he's peeing off for the last time in his career, maybe kind of, yep. what, 
what do they expect from him? And if this team isn't doing anything in the next month, month or two, uh, could you see a guy like Everly maybe getting moved and bringing somebody up? Uh, I hope not. I, I I think Everly adds that that tangible to the team as far as leadership goes. Um, he's one of the guys that the people look up to. Um, but his role has sort of changed when he's been here. I mean, the home opener, he had a fight and a goal. I mean, he's he's doing those those little things that you need to do, maybe that the other players aren't doing right now. Right now, the team is looking at everybody else. Who's going to step up? Who's going to who's going to take charge? Um, and and Everly's as as a captain, as one of those guys. Uh, I mean, he had a, he had a pretty good hat trick in the first year. I mean, we he he has these key moments where he's he seems to step up and 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 really kind of perform for the team. And so, uh, when they got when they got rid of Mark Giordano, I mean, that was kind of a big blow. He was our first captain, and then he was our first guy we traded away to to Toronto. And uh, I, I don't like seeing these guys that we're building kind of get traded mid season. I want to see him go through. Um, so no, I I, I love I love Beniers. I, I hope he stays for sure. Like I, I thought that uh, getting the trade training out like Giordano, which I, I don't know what the was the story behind that whole thing. But it, it didn't make a bunch of sense to me to go out and get him and everything else, and then and then trade him away to the Leafs and like why the Leafs would want him. So like I'm a Leafs guy, so why they would want a, a guy like that when they're they're trying to do something. Uh, I don't know what they're trying to do out there in Toronto, but it's uh it's that was an odd transaction in my opinion to get getting uh, getting your your first captain and see you later like that and that early yeah. in, the, in the franchise's history it didn't make it didn't make sense to me. Well, especially I mean you're trying to build a build this franchise and yes you want a good product on the on the ice but you're also building it for the fans you're people are buying jerseys with c's on it and and then yeah you turn around trade them i mean well welcome to the nhl it's nothing is is ever consistent um except for inconsistency so there's there's that the one of the issues every every team has this no matter what when they go into like it's the old saying you show me a good uh, good goal i'll show you a good coach i'll show you a good team and everything else philip grubauer has been average at best so far this season plus three goals against average i know that's not like back to talk junior hockey numbers from back in the 90s that's fantastic but uh, you have a guy with just barely above 900 save percentage a uh, three plus goals against average that just doesn't cut it how much uh how much faith does uh, does uh, the, the team coach Dave Haxtell have in backup Joey Decord going forward if, if uh, things don't turn around? And they will. They'll get better for 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 Grubauer. But do you have a, a situation? You, you, how is the backup going to do just in case Grubauer falls into a bit of a, a slump? Well, Grubauer right off the bat, the first three games he was in a slump, and so they were they were they brought in Decord uh, pretty quick, and 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 people love Decord here. Uh, I think he's a great goaltender. Um, right off the bat. Axel said that they're going to be using him in tandem. They're, they're going to be sharing the time. Um, I'm not the biggest Grubauer guy. I just, I think he, he makes really, really great saves and he lets in some really easy goals. And to me, those are some of those goals you need to have. Uh, there's a couple in the last game. They, they weren't his fault, really. We, I mean, we weren't back checking again, back to not playing inspired. I mean, not even trying to chase down, down a, a breakaway, uh, throw that little extra effort in there. And that, that might actually stop one of those. Um, but when you not, when you're not playing for your goal, your goal, you need to step up and then he he turned around and lets in some so i i think you're going to see more of decord uh as we get further into the season um but again this is a time where you know what is it thanksgiving christmas where you really say this is our team identity and this is what we're going to be um that that's going to come up pretty quick so we, the time is really now to put some of these games behind us and, and really start start off fresh in, in phoenix and 
uh, yeah, if we're going Phoenix. We go to Colorado. Where the the schedule doesn't get easier after that. So um, okay. I don't know. You guys got the Edmonton coming up. This yeah, and then uh, yeah, that's, that's not a bad one. That's a good one for you for you guys. It's uh, but, what a what a disaster that is. Well, well, look. I mean, look look at Calgary and then what they did and coming in on a six game losing streak and then you know we're the ones that, to snap that and and it could be the same with Edmonton to be honest. I uh, I predict Edmonton's going to lose to San Jose. Give San Jose their their first uh, victory on Thursday night. That's going to be that might be a, a tipping point for that entire franchise coming up on Thursday. There, uh, it's 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 a young team, and you can only be where a young team for so long. Eventually, you, you got to turn the corner and say we're not a young team. Is this uh, get a save here, get a save there from Gru- Grubauer? Because they're only two games under five hundred, really, and they haven't played well. So that that is kind of a sure. a, a bright spot. And Beniers is going to end up scoring some goals, and you're going to get some guys putting the puck in the net. Where do you is this a playoff team? Do you think still? <laughs> Ask me in a couple of weeks. I, right now, I, I I don't see that they have that momentum. But again, we're a team of momentum. I, I keep going back. It's I'm a broken record when it comes to this. We're very streaky. So if we get on that that upswing momentum, this team's unstoppable. We got we got four lines that can shoot the puck. We got four lines that can essentially score. Um, the core is still there from last year's playoff team. So let's get Maddie Beniers going. Let's get some of these guys um, that that are underperforming right now. Um, I think we can squeak in the playoffs now are we going to go through the second round again i you know i i I think if we don't make it or make it close to the playoffs this this season will be uh, will be a fail in my mind yeah, it's you don't want to take any steps back, especially when you're young, you know, because then you got to, like you were saying earlier on, you want to keep that fan base excited. And then the time of the year when the season starts, the Seahawks are in full yeah. swing. We'll talk oh, about yeah. them in half a second, too. But the uh, having like Tana being out and uh, Barakowski out for, like, since the season started, that can't help your team either. Like having two mm-hmm. two guys that you probably rely on, having those, like every team gets injuries, but yep. you'd rather think like, you never want them, but you'd rather get them when your team's established a little bit, maybe like a January, a little bit of a lull in there where you can have, you, sure. you know what you got and then you're minor league guys what are the, 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 the those two guys being out what's what's uh, the effect been on the crack in this far uh well like Tanev's a huge locker room guy so i mean he was out of that at the end of the first year um a little bit here and there in the second year you know having him out right off the bat i mean again we it's given some of these young guys a chance to play and, and get some reps in uh but but they they need those locker room leaders so they need those kind of guys uh Berkowski, i mean he's he was up there for leading score i mean he could be he could be a, a real asset to us when you know when they're healthy these guys um so we we get rid of uh we get rid of Daniel Sprong, which a huge, huge locker room guy, huge energy guy. He was he was there scoring goals, kind of getting mucking it up in the corners, the stuff you want to see from guys. Tanev was right there. Whenever Tanev's skating, I mean, you, your eyes are just drawn to him. So he's one of those guys that just brings that extra element to the bench. Getting him back is going to be huge. So if we can get him back, we can get Maddie scoring. We can get some of these other guys. Again, Everly Beniers, Cartier line, get get those guys going, get Wenberg going. So we have we have some guys that that once they start clicking, this team. Will be unstoppable but yeah tanev is a huge part of that and and he's still there you know he, he comes in uh he'll be after the game he'll be in the locker room for the coach's speech he, he, but he's not it's not the same when you're not there he's skating right now and in, in, in practice in morning skates with the red jersey on but it's, it, it, again it's just not the same when you're you're not kind of going out there for warm-ups with them yeah it's not the same at all the uh, we'll get you out of here in half a second here but is the like how being an expansion team in seattle and the way that uh, las vegas they the first year going to the finals and then last year winning a stanley cup is and like you're 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 a hockey guy from way back, and it's just unrealistic to think that that uh, oh. expansion teams are going to be that successful in their sure. in their first uh, couple of years as, as Vegas has been. Uh, were the expectations in Seattle were they a little bit lofty going in? Because um, 
it's unrealistic. Like the, the way it all worked out, and the way they they they, yeah. they, 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 they worked the cap and everything in, in Vegas, it it was a pretty pretty raw deal. And then the, the the rules that Seattle came in that weren't the same rules when when Las Vegas came in. Did people have a bit of an unrealistic expectations with the Seattle Kraken? Well, especially when they didn't realize that they changed some of those rules to tone it down. Why, why would you know? For, just a yeah, fan, for, right? right. So for our draft, so everything the first year was was about getting new fans, you know, in the door and, and minor hockey here has exploded. I mean, they've done a really good job of promoting themselves, but also the expectation that, that Vegas has set and that that bar, um, even even for me, knowing that that's unrealistic, what they were doing and going to the finals the first year and um, what what a cool story. I'm kind of like, you know, now we have that chance to do it again and, and we're going to set our, you know, set right up the, off the bat for, for success. And, and we kind of played it a little bit differently. I think Vegas wanted to win now and we want to win in three more years. Like, so we, we kind of had different goals going into it. Um, but yeah, as far as the fan base goes, I think everybody sort of knew what an expansion team, what they could do and also what they, they really couldn't do. Um, but year two, you start picking it up. Now all of a sudden it, it turns right back to this team can win now and and here we are. There you are. No, they, yeah, you want to pick up that that uh, that first round emotion. They probably had a chance for the second round as well last year. Uh, what happened with the Seattle Seahawks yesterday against the uh, Baltimore Ravens? <laughs> get you off the hockey for half a second here. I no, want to get your take on that. So I I. <laughs> I I have no idea, and I actually miss so so part of our group. We have a, a Seahawks podcast, Take Twelve, and that's uh, with co-hosts Lofa Tatupu, ex Seahawks player, ex USC player. So it was fun when it was uh, Huskies USC on the group chat, uh, and then we turn around and and the group our group chat watching that game was was uh, was pretty bleak. And so I I flipped it off at about the third, and guys like guys, I'm gonna help my girlfriend uh, decorate the Christmas tree. Like I I'm I'm doing something else. I can't sit here and watch this. Uh, uh, back to streaky man seahawks are either hot or they're they're at the bottom it's it's i don't know gino gino smith needs to connect a few more and he needs to get some of that confidence back because he again he's really he is a good quarterback uh with but when he's not it's so i don't know we all feed off each other the mariners the seahawks everybody's either really high really low so yeah someone's got to set that tone for us let's go yeah, uh, maybe it's going to be the, the the Huskies to pull it off. Because I'm a USC guy, and I watched that game on uh, on Saturday night, and neither team wanted wanted to win that game the way the defense were playing on both sides. The, uh, like it was unbelievable the way that that thing turned out. And USC's they're they're the biggest frauds in football, in my that's why. Yeah. Maybe this is one of those things like just a little bit buttered. Uh, so forty yeah, I mean, hours that, later, yeah, that came down to whoever had the ball last was going to win, and we ended up with the turnover and i think that's what that's yeah. what changed the game right there i think that was the third or early four yeah that was that was an interesting game the the seahawks though i mean i can only take so much of that i i love the seahawks but when they when it's that bad it's really hard to watch right right thanks very much for doing this this was fantastic i had a great talk we know we will have to get you on again maybe we'll talk a little bit more junior hockey get get the maybe rewind the clock a little bit and talk uh brandon witt and the whole stories and yeah, yeah there, i don't know if you remember the name darren quint he played there for a couple of years might have been this is a long time ago when he signed his first contract with the uh, i was friends with him when he signed his first contract with the winnipeg jets out of seattle there there was a there was a bit of a story that happened at a, a bar in edmonton afterwards that maybe we'll uh talk about on here maybe we'll get quinter on there and talk about I, a, a lot I will. I would love to talk some junior hockey. Yeah, abs absolutely. That's that's what I grew up with. I mean, it's. 
I was teaching kids in my elementary school what hockey was and drawing Thunderbird logos. I think I had a teacher say, like, he likes hockey too much. Like, so, yeah, the Thunderbirds. And then when the Silver Tips came in and they talk a little Spokane and all that. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. Yeah, the wild, wild Western League back in the day, the old dub. It was something else to watch. Ryan, tell us about the uh, the podcast you got going on and where they can find you and everything else. So, uh, release the show is, uh, in Seattle. We, we tagged it Seattle's best cracking podcast. Uh, it's on the believe network, which is now it's on TV. Um, so if you're on Fubo TV, uh, the believe network is on TV. Um, and we have on stadium TV, uh, sometimes we'll be in the best of shows on uh, the best of believe. Um, but you can get it anywhere. You find your podcast networks, um, Sirius XM satellite radio, um, and, and, and all the normal ones, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, all that stuff. So release the show. And then, uh, the handles are all at release the show. And then uh, my handle is at Ryan Wettstein. So we're pretty easy to find. There we go. Thanks very much for doing this. And we'll have to hook up as the season progresses and see what the uh, Kraken are up to. And uh, hopefully things go. Uh, I actually wouldn't mind seeing uh, the, the Oilers lose the next few and see how bad it can actually get and see what they're actually going to do with that team up there. In Edmonton. Uh, it's, it's, it's unbelievable how two of the best players in, in the world and just to be as bad as they are. It's crazy. Yeah, I'll, uh, yeah, I'll text you after that Oilers game. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. But, yeah, I mean, I, I hope obviously we walk in there and take a win. Especially I played with uh, with Derek Ryan, who plays with the Oilers right now. So, so, I mean, anytime we can uh, we can sneak one from him, uh, it's, it's a good day. There we go. Thanks once again for doing this. We'll, uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks, man. Sounds good. Thank you. Thank you. SeatGeek is the ticketing app for fans like the High Five Strangers guy. Game-winning interception. First down. Just a nice, solid tackle. If you're in arm's length, you will be swapping skin with this extrovert. You see, he knows SeatGeek got him a great deal on tickets so we can focus on what he does best, smacking palms. SeatGeek handles the tickets to sports, concerts, and more, so fans can fan. Thanks once again to Ryan Wettstein of the uh, Release the Show Seattle Kraken podcast. Great little chat we had yesterday. Uh, lots of laughs before and after the show, too. We got uh, we started talking some junior hockey memories, everything else. It was a really good uh, chat to have him on the show and uh, talk about the Kraken. We'll, uh, we'll have to do that again sometime. Make sure you guys check out their show. It's actually a lot of laughs. Really, really good. And they got some fo- football podcasts as well they do a lot of stuff with. So that was a great uh, great chat. And thanks for Jake, uh, Jake, the intern, for lining that up for us here from 1420 World Headquarters. Let's get to birthdays and on this day and get you guys out of here uh call her a day here we go happy 34th birthday the minnesota twins pitcher sunny gray born on this day in smyrna tennessee gray was drafted twice first by chicago cubs in the 27th round of the 2008 draft and then in the first round of 18th overall in the 2011 draft out of vanderbilt by the oakland days gray made his major league debut on july 10th 2013 coming out of the bullpen the a's five nothing loss to the pittsburgh pirates going two innings out of the bullpen giving up no runs one hit striking out three Gray would spend three years in Oakland before being traded to the New York Yankees, where things, uh, to say the least, didn't go nearly as well as everyone hoped. He moved on to Cincinnati in the spring of 2019 before moving on to his current team, the Minnesota Twins. Gray has uh, appeared in three All-Star games. His career has a stat line of 98 wins, 85 losses, with a 3.47 ERA, striking out 1,521 hitters in the process in the 1,571 innings he has pitched in the big leagues. Happy birthday to Sonny Gray. One of those guys who's, who's good, but not great. You get a start here, a start there, and he's good. He Things just didn't work out for him in the Bronx. It's, uh, that the uh, the fan gate 
the fan base got between his ears pretty quick, but happy birthday nonetheless to Sonny Gray. And this is when I remember uh, wholeheartedly remember exactly where I was when this uh, little occurrence went down. But anyways, on this day in 1991, Los Angeles Lakers superstar and NBA legend Irvin Magic Johnson announced that he had the HIV virus and he would be retiring from the National Basketball Association. Johnson initially said in his press conference that he did not know how he caught the virus, but later acknowledged that it was from having numerous sexual partners throughout his career. At his press conference to announce his retirement, Johnson stated he was going to dedicate his entire life to the battle, uh, the deadly disease. Uh, despite his retirement, Johnson was voted into the NBA All-Star game, and uh, multiple players, including teammates Byron Scott and A.C. Green, said he should not be playing, uh, setting a risk of contamination if Johnson were to get cut. Johnson led the uh, the Western Conference to a 153-113 win in what's named the NBA all-Star Game MVP Johnson, permanently retired after the 96-97 season and was uh, proud to say he was going on in his own terms. Uh, anyways, changing uh, changing the moment not only in sports history, uh, it was one of the life-changing moments for, for sports. People thought that the, uh, the HIV virus was a death sentence, and uh, he was came out and he uh, he proved that it wasn't just a homosexual disease, and a pro- he proved that it wasn't a uh, a, a needle a needle using disease. He proved that it was one of those things that could could happen to anybody. But uh, on this day, Magic Johnson uh, retired from the NBA for a short period of time because of the HIV virus, and it really shook the entire not just the sports world, but it, the entire world in general. Entertainment, everybody started to realize that this HIV uh, pen or uh, epidemic, I guess it was. I don't know what the exact word is but this uh this hiv virus was an actual uh thing that could hit anybody and then magic johnson he came out and, and said it. and there was a lot of guys that were against him playing and uh he uh, said you know what that we uh we gotta figure this out and i think he's basically uh symptom free and hiv free i mean he's got a lot of money he can help pay for the best of the best but anyways uh once again thanks to you that's it for today's show like i said we didn't get one off last night uh dave was a bit sick but we don't know if we're going to do one tonight i got a uh interview later on today with jeff patterson from vancouver uh sports radio vancouver uh, the new everything he does, Vancouver, been around the, the, the Canucks for 25 years. So pretty excited about that one. That'll be up tomorrow. But once again, thanks to uh, Ryan Wettstein of Release the Show, the Seattle Kraken Podcast. Make sure you guys check that one out today. Uh, a lot of laughs on that show. They talk a lot of uh, different things as well. So uh, very, very much appreciate for Ryan for taking the time out of his day yesterday to uh, talk some hockey with us yesterday. It was a great, great talk. We had a, lot, had a few laughs for sure. Anyways, that's it for today's show. We'll uh, talk to you guys uh, tomorrow. But remember, it doesn't matter where you are. It's who you're with. Have a great day, folks. We'll talk to you tomorrow. You just listened to the 1420 Sports Bar Podcast. Four beer of the sports talk and a whole lot more. We are part of the Belly Up Media Network. Let's get into it.